Welcome to the Hunted and Gathered podcast. We're hunting and gathering home design, decor, and renovation ideas from designers, bloggers, and do-it-yourselfers from across Canada and beyond. Discover your inner designer and be inspired to make your own living space feel more like home. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hunted and Gathered podcast. I'm so glad you're with us. My guest today is artist, designer, author, and TV personality Tiffany Pratt. Tiffany is inspired by the belief that everything can be beautiful. She embraces color, pattern, and energy from the world around her to create original and personal designs for her clients. If art is magic, then Tiffany is its magician. Her projects evoke a sense of wonder while being both practical and fun. She is creativity personified and the true queen of color. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God! You make me cry first thing this morning. <laughs> wow! Oh, it's all true. It's all true. Thank you so much. That's uh, so generous and so kind, and I'm so appreciative. I, I, I promise you, I'm not premenstrual. That was just amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. That's beautiful. I, I feel like that when I look at your work. Like oh, I'm seeing something. There's that feeling, you know, when you're a child and you are just like creating. I was a really creative child and I would do art and make big messes. And there was just that real sense of freedom when you were, and you didn't think about anything else. You were just in there with your paints or whatever. Um, and when I look at your work, that's that, I get that feeling all over again. Like it's that kind of wonder and awe a little bit. Um, and it's really, it's really freeing. Thank you for saying that. I think um, that could maybe be one of the best compliments I could ever be paid because i um, you know, before that we started rolling and recording this podcast, you know, we're sharing our past and you're talking about our former lives, you know, both of us as educators and myself as an art educator. And, you know, I think that that was why I did what I did with the kids for so long teaching art was because I was so enamored with the freedom and the expression and the beautiful accidents that would happen, just giving kids really cool materials and saw and seeing what happened. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, it's a big part of who I am, a, a big part of who I am and why I think I love teaching and why I love designing is because I like to experiment and I like to see what's possible. And so often I think that, um, you know, the, the world thinks that there are so many rules and, um, and I don't really, I really don't operate that way. I, I don't, I don't really see rules. I see suggestions and generally I don't take other people's suggestions. I sort of want to do something different because I think in design, creating something different creates a conversation. And that's what good design is, is, is a conversation. So um, thank you. Yeah. That's uh, the, the best piece of advice you could have ever given anyone is that it's a conversation. And I think we forget that so much in, um, especially, you know, when you look on Pinterest or you look in those magazines and you look at these amazingly decorated houses. And I think there is a lot of, well, I know I certainly feel it like, oh my goodness, my house will never live up to that. I will never have that, you know, and, and it's not about that. We're, we're giving this false sense. And I love that you said it's a conversation and your house should be a con like it should be, you yeah i i don't i don't believe that four walls um should ever have the word should mm -hmm. like i i believe four walls there should there should be no should four walls are your four walls and your four walls should express and i'm using the word should but <laughs> in my opinion they sh they it's best when they express the people who reside within them mm -hmm. and and that cannot that can look really different for a lot of people and yeah. some people don't want to live in a style at home you know, staged environment. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, I, at least for myself, you know, I had to get honest with how I wanted to live and how I live now. And I work from home and sometimes working from home is messy, you yes. know, like yeah. right now I, I can, I, I'm literally laughing. Like I wish you could see, cause I'll be painting my little front like closet hallway tomorrow for camera, but everything that's in that hallway is now in my living room. And, you know, I've got projects all over my dining room table that I'm going to be shooting again tomorrow and dog stuff everywhere. And, and it's chaotic, but I'm, I'm grateful for it. And yeah. um, I think that that's the thing about a home is that, you know, perfection is in the details. Perfection is in how you live. Mm -hmm. And, and if you can design a house for how you live, then I think you really achieved happiness. And uh, I preach that all the time at the home shows. I tell people all the time, you know, the first question you should ask yourself is how do you want to live? And then you can build around that because I think so often we don't ask ourselves the deeper questions. We don't think that our home or our being is worth the deeper questions. Mm -hmm. But when we answer them, we get a whole round of answers that I don't think sometimes we expect. But in turn, we are delighted 
to then give ourselves what we deserve and maybe what we should have. So that's, that's amazing. Yes. And it should start with self-reflection. You're totally right. Like, you know, you, you already know what you love and you already know what you like. And it's just finding that and, and portraying that in your home. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, we don't, the, the bigger questions happen. I think when a perfect example would be like when you hire a personal trainer and you know, like, okay, I want to, you know, firm up my stomach or I want to lose weight or I want to do this. And you can be very clear about what you want from your body. Mm-hmm. But effectively, I feel like your space is your being embodied in four walls. So when you hire a designer, I think sometimes you're hiring like your design personal trainer, which is, you know, drawing out of you, your goals and your dreams. Yes. That's so well said. That's really well said. Mm-hmm. If you if you could describe your decorating style in a few words, what would it be? Personal, um, eclectic, playful, colorful, inventive, unexpected, fun, um, cozy. Uh, I like that. Real, yeah. um, honest, and beautiful. Those are all perfect words. I think I think you've nailed it. I think you've nailed yourself. <laughs> you got it down. <laughs> that's that's so great that's how I think uh you you definitely are on the you you hit the nail on the head with all those words and you do a really good job of portraying that in your in your style so I think um if if my listeners haven't um seen your work then um they're gonna you've created the most beautiful picture for them of what exactly it is yeah I think I like I like I like things that are imperfect to stay imperfect I like things that are honest to stay honest you know, I don't want to gloss up everything because I think over glossing a space sometimes turns it into a show piece instead of a place where people feel like they can kick off their shoes and lay their head down. Yeah. And and I think you can still kick off your shoes and lay your head down in a beautiful place. It just needs to function that way for your style of living. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like people. No one is perfect. And, you know, those. No. So why should our homes be perfect? You know, why should they, why should we subscribe to that? It's so, it's so, uh, isn't it sort of suffocating Mm -hmm. to feel that? Yes. Like, oh, you know, not good. And also, but I'm a clean freak. So I I think everyone runs differently. Some people really love chaos. You know, I like to make a mess and be creative and be a part of my own creative madness. But more than anything, and this stood even when I had my own studio and I was teaching, you know, I loved it when the kids would bomb the place and have a blast. And I would love when they leave and I'd lock the door and I'd look at the place and it looked like <laughs> World War Five. But I also got like, you know, very excited to clean it all up and put it all back together and create harmony again. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, I do like harmony in a space. I do like when everything has a place and mm-hmm. there's a place for everything. So in design, I would tell people the best place to spend is in, you know, highly functioning organizational systems because, you know, you'll know where everything goes once you've pulled it all apart. Right. Um, so that's a great place to start when you spend money on your home. But everything else, you know, can just be beautiful. And, you know, I, I will always spend my clients money on custom built-ins and things that are really, really, really personal to how they live and where they put their things. But outside of that, it can just be a good time. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah. can can we from now on just instead of cleaning, we're gonna call it creating harmony. Okay, <laughs> so yes. we're, we're not gonna do yes. spring cleaning. We're going to create spring harmony. I love that. <laughs> I think the harmony. You know, I'm a middle child, so for me, it's always I've been all about harmony all my life. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's all about giving the harmony not only to my family but to those around me. I just really appreciate being able to instill harmony in situations. It's just I don't know. Maybe I was born this way. I was Lady Gaga born this way. <laughs> you were, and we're we're better off for it that you were. <laughs> uh, so, um, is there any designers, or um, you know, even fashion designers or stylists, or anyone whose style that you really admire? Mm. You know, I love this question. I think my always my go to um, is Kelly Wurstler, mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily for her style. But I think what I love about her is her t- the transcendence of what she accomplishes. Mm-hmm. No matter what she puts her hand on, it looks like her. Um, and I love that she doesn't know any boundaries. You know, she's somebody that I really love because she. I think she thinks similarly to what, to what I do. You know, mm-hmm. the way she dresses, she does packaging for chocolate bars, she does rugs, she does a little bit of everything. And it's very much how I feel about design is your philosophy can transcend. So mm-hmm. I'm a fan of hers. Um, 
you know, of, of mindsets in our comfort background and fashion, I always gravi- gravitate towards older women. Um, you know, Dinah Vreeland was mm-hmm. a visionary for me. I, I, I think I just loved her gravitas. I loved her ability to have her opinion very well known, respected, and, and executed. And even though it was sometimes convoluted and extremely over the top, people still appreciated her and, you know, celebrated her for that. Um, and I don't know. I, Vivian Westwood also inspires me because I feel like she's, you know, accomplished a very huge thing in fashion being not only a visionary that's sort of stood the test of time and been really consistent, but she's also used her her position in fashion for her political views and she's done great things for people, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think I just really appreciate women, you know, of course, once Iris Epfel hit the scene, she's been on the scene for a long time, but now she's huge. Mm-hmm. In my New York days, you know, I knew of Iris Epfel, but this was, you know, prior to her huge ascension in social culture. Um, but I just, I love her more as more concept, of course. She's such a maximalist, and I love that. I also love her ability to be unforgiving in her point of view and just unapologetic for who she is. It's so lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do I love? You know, I have so many books, you know, Greece. You know, it's funny. Fashion, I think, has inspired me for so long. I, I feel like sometimes I talk more about fashion than I do about um, in, interiors. But, you know, Grace Coddington is, is somebody that's quiet, you know, but she does have a very strict point of view. And I do a lot of styling and art directing. So I think from that arena, I really appreciate her because she is so um, specific and and she's so malleable, and but she's so knowledgeable, and I love that you know designers go to her and really require uh, you know her opinion because it matters because she's seen us so much. Mm-hmm. So from an art director's perspective, I love her. Um, I could go on. I really could go on. Um, Rachel Ashwell. I really love her for her ability to you know triumph the imperfection. I really can see this, um, like running throughout the designers, these really strong women who, who know their own mind, you know, and they, and they know their own opinion and they have, they have something, um, they have a a real true talent that they can give the world. And it's like, we, we need that thing from them. Um, and I like that you, that kind of aligns with all the people that you admire. And I think that's true of you too. I, I really do. I think I can see that in, in that comes through in you. Mm. Well, that's a huge compliment because, I mean, I think you are a reflection of your inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever inspires you, you're a reflection of that. And I think you you attract what you reflect or you gravitate towards what feels, you know, natural in you. And um, I think that the, these are things that I've seen over the years. I mean, I could literally sit here for the next half hour and list off, you know, 10 more people that I – not – all the time, but I look to and I feel inspired by. I mean, mm-hmm. even Mary Mecca, you know, Fashion House, mm-hmm. they just launched a new collection in cosmetics, and I just love how transcendent that brand is and how iconic they, you know, that was for so long. And it is, so, it, I don't know, fashion and interiors to me um, are the same thing. They are. They're, don't, they're married together. You can't, you can't separate yeah. the two. I, I can't, and I, and I think that um, I have a hard time when I meet a designer that wants to wear like a blue jean and a t-shirt. I know it's comfortable, <laughs> yeah. but, but I just can't, I don't know. I can't get behind it. Cause I just think, my God, like, look at all the, the textures out there. You know, how could you, how could you not want to wear all of that? So right. that's the other part of me is like, it's almost like my uh, love for what I do and what is, is just, it kind of knows no bounds. And so, you know, my clothes collection is pretty extensive because I believe that we are a tapestry of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're a reflection of what we, where and what we do and what we love and I think when you when you hire a designer and they show up on the job site and you know they look like you know they respect fashion and they respect textures it, it gives you a whole other level of appreciation for that person's depth of understanding mm-hmm. but that's that's just my opinion I know it's sometimes that could be that could be misconstrued I'm not trying to say that you know you have to be fashionable to be a, a designer but certainly it's it helps 
But if they love if they love fashion and they love design, then that's going to come out. It's going to come out in their personality. It's going to come out in what they're wearing. Um, and if they are showing up to a job, it's not like you've caught them in the middle of, of um, cleaning their room or creating harmony in their in their house. That may be a different story. <laughs> they can wear jeans yeah. and t-shirts then. Um, but no, absolutely. If you're showing up for a job, just any job, if you if you have a job in a particular field, we have expectations of how you present yourself in that. And and I would agree with that. Absolutely. If I if a shirt a surgeon showed up in his jeans and a t-shirt, <laughs> yes. I'd make him leave. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that I think that Michael Kors gets away with it because, you know, he does his black on jean on black con com and you know, but that's okay. I mean, he that's sort of his look. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we can talk about fashion forever, but I know this is not a fashion podcast. It so. is definitely not, because if you saw me right now, you would, it, no, you would run. It's not, <laughs> definitely not a fashion podcast. Um, well, I, but I think it's all over, it's overwhelmingly, um, I think the topic today is just creativity. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about a little bit about um, failing in design, because I, I think failing in life is uh so important and you need to fail to know where you're going you need to make mistakes yep. and all that I feel really lucky because I get to do these home shows and I literally travel across the country talking to people and this just came up this weekend and um and I I admitted to people that sometimes some of the greatest failures I've ever encountered were sometimes the greatest lessons slash directions into a new phase of my design so I think we have to be adventurous. And if you're not adventurous, you don't fail or you don't learn. And sometimes you don't fail. But, but being adventurous and taking risks opens you up to a higher degree of potential failure. Um, but I also feel like it's not really failure. Nothing ever is. Because sometimes I'll use the thing that didn't come out entirely the way I thought, but it looks really cool. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to own the paint chip. Or I'm going to own that the color's not exact. Or I'm going to own that it's a little bit broken. Or it's it's the color's and you know, completely consistent. One of my biggest design fails, um, something that I do consistently is um, trying to do things myself uh, and um, not hiring the professionals. And I don't do it as, I don't do it as much anymore, but in my early days, um, I tell people this a lot. I was very obsessed with how things were done because I knew that at some point when I was hiring trades, I didn't want to be the designer that just kind of pointed my finger and, and told people what to do. So mm-hmm. I successfully ripped up um, somebody's hardwood floors, um, engineered hardwood, and then I epoxied the cement underneath and it came up beautiful. So I was really, really proud of myself. And uh, and I thought, okay, well, here I, I can epoxy floors. Perfect. <laughs> um, and then I offered the service to another client like a year later. And I, I was sharing the job with a contractor. And uh, long and short of the story is, the epoxy is a chemical reaction and the chemical reaction wasn't mixed perfectly, which it needs to be. So between myself and the contractor, um, one of us, you know, messed it up entirely and the client couldn't move into their house. It was off gassing. I had to have the whole floor pulled up. I had to have a professional. It turned into an absolute nightmare for my client. And um, the smell of epoxy that doesn't set up is like skunk. And it's, it it was awful. And, you know, having to pull out, she couldn't walk into her house because it was the main floor. Um, Anyways, the long and short of that is luckily I had a client that understood me and understood where my heart was at and how Mm -hmm. I was trying to help her save money and do it myself. But in the end, um, try not to do everything yourself. And um, some things are best done right versus um, cheaply. And I think that that is something I've learned over the years is that it's, it's always important to do things, um, some things, as correctly as they can be so that they last a really long time versus trying to save a buck. Right. That's really good advice. If it's technical, hire someone technical. Yeah, yeah. It, it just has to be done. Um, there are so many ways of cutting costs and other mm-hmm. things, but that doing big things like floors or built-ins or doing something right like wallpaper, hire the professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't try to do it yourself. Good I've advice. Tons of wallpaper. I've done I've done a lot of it myself, but I can say I'm not I'm not a skilled craftsman, and I'm sure that that wallpaper will not be looking perfect till the end of time. So, anyways, <laughs> that's my story. That's Sorry, it's long winded. No, that's good, and that's a good lesson, though. I mean, and, and and I'm sure we've all been through that where you think you're going to try to do something and it doesn't work out, and um, you know, yours unfortunately was 
with a client on a job. Um, so are oh, you still yes. friends with the client? Or are you guys still yes. like, and you are good? Yes. Good. And really, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Because that's at the end of your life, you're, no one's going to worry about the floors. No, you know, she, um, she was, uh, I'm very fond of this client because she was one of the very first people in my design career many, many years ago that just gave me her entire townhouse and carte blanche. And this was without a real big portfolio and any no knowledge of who I was. She saw my work in a small space and just loved it and said, okay, you're the girl, go for it. And, uh, and her place is really, really cool. And she let me do some really cool stuff. And she was, I mean, I painted pictures and custom art for her. I mean, so much happened in that house. And I think we have a real love for each other based on just the fact, I think, you know, she gave me an opportunity as an early designer and, I gave her this really cool epic home. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, we have a really, it's its very loving still. Like we send each other messages and oh, it's lovely. Good. Yeah, it's really lovely. Oh, well, and that's, that's it. That's the most important. So good. I'm glad that you guys are still, are still friends. Um, so what advice would you give to people looking to infuse personality into their space? I always tell people to start with what you love. You know, love mm-hmm. is the baseline of your home. So if you keep love as your baseline, you start with what you love to make it feel more you. And you may not always be style at home, perfect staging style. Mm -hmm. So if you inherited some furniture and maybe you want to paint it a cool color, or if you have a really weird, wacky collection of something, or it, it really, the sky is the limit. But I always tell people to amplify and celebrate who they are through their things. So if they have a collection of something so often, like even record collections or whatever type of collections, I, I always say you're going to, there's a really crazy story, but somebody that I've known over the years, their grandmother painted plates. Um, it was just what she did in her spare time That's raising sweet. children Aww. and these painted plates. And if I wish I, I wish, I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not, there's hundreds of them in their basement. Oh, wow. Hun- hundreds of these painted plates. And, were they um, scenes or like did she paint them a solid color? Uh, scenes, abstracts, shapes, people, like everything, everything, wow. everything, everything. And, uh, you know, creating a, a pop wall with these grandmother's plates, like, it was beautiful because, yeah. you know, something that they just thought was a, a nasty little collection in their basement turned into like a feature in their, in their home. So I think that that's something to consider is is celebrating what you have and celebrating mm-hmm. who you are and your history. And of course, adding color is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I believe knowing yourself is knowing what colors you love and, and really getting to the bottom of, of what those colors do and how they make you feel, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Because that's, that's, that's a huge part of home and having something that feels like you because not everyone's home will have those colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, start small, you know, just... Add in trickles of things that you feel are reflections of who you are and just keep adding and adding and adding and eventually it'll it'll be what it will be. I think people are so obsessed with fast design anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't get a layered, personal, cool, textured, colorful, interesting home overnight. Yes, absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's something that you build. It's something that you collect. It's something that you work on. It's just like anything in life. It's a process. and. Mm-hmm. You know, when you work with a client, I think the biggest thing is letting them know that you understand and respect the end goal, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be overnight success. It's going to be a relationship and a process and it will be beautiful, but it's not going to take a month. It'll, it could take years. Right. And, um, and I, I don't know, I just think being honest with each other in design is what gives designers a better name. Cause sometimes I think some people over promise and under deliver mm-hmm. and, um, that's that's an epidemic, and I think we have to under-promise and over-deliver. I think that's, that mm-hmm. should be the new way. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And and I think when you um, work with the designer, too, I think there should be that expectation that the designer isn't coming in to make the room look like them. It's It needs to look like the, the client. I'm kind of tired yep. of seeing, um, you know, like, uh, you know, designer of the moment rooms and, you know, everywhere you go and that's their look. Well, that's their look. That should be in their home. Um, I really want to walk into someone's home and see them. I want to see the pictures of their their grandmother's painted dishes and, and just all those weird, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies of families and homes and things like that. I'm so nosy that I think, <laughs> I think that's why I want to see no, people's true... No, but I think that, that that's a personal, that's a personal... Um, 
like connection. I remember mm-hmm. uh, the summer I was I went to a really beautiful, um, very well starred restaurant in Miami, and this is a husband wife, and they built this beautiful Italian restaurant, and it and it was in a home on a main drag, and they styled it with a lot of things that were from their house. That's cool. And like books uh, that were used and things that they loved from like their beach house came in. Like they wrote this story about, you know, where everything came from. And when you're there eating, like what you're sitting on, everything just looks like, you know, it's upholstered, cool seats, but nothing feels too commercial. Everything feels very personal. And you feel like you're literally sitting in their dining room versus a restaurant. And I think that that's, what we all want to feel like mm-hmm. we're invited into someone's personal space and we're experiencing their life, their travels, their things, their point of view. Absolutely. That's great. Yep. Um, and I like the two things you said at the very beginning of that, um, this question where you said um, amplify and celebrate. I think that is yep. great. And I think that's a great way to take away that like those as a starting point for someone. Okay. What do I have that I can amplify and what do I have that I can celebrate? So that's well, perfect. It also takes the burden, the burden off of us to buy all the time. I think that there's so much burden in design to start from scratch and to um, spend so much money. And I think that we really all have enough. We don't mm-hmm. need more. We just need to look at it with a new lens because with that new lens comes the possibility of, transformation quite quickly because you can say you know now I don't know I don't need to go hunting for this I have it I just need to paint it or reupholster it or move it into a new room mm-hmm. um, it's just a change of perspective really absolutely that reminds me of that uh, Proust quote the journey starts not in in seeking new landscapes but in having new eyes and so it's really just yes. looking at what you have in a different way so yes. preach it. I love that's, that. That's, yeah. Um, no, that's, I, I love to hear that. I love, cause that's, that's how I feel about things too. I, I feel like we're totally over-consumerized and um, I love it when, when people reuse things um, and uh, even repurpose things. It's, I'm, I love all that. I'm a big tree hugger. So <laughs> um, yeah, but, I, but I also think when you do that, when you do that in a home and you inject the new pieces, that's what gives it a, a soul. That's what makes it too eclectic, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, you can go out and buy the new sofa and the new rug and a couple things. But if you keep uh, old items that you've taken out of the dining room, you put here. Like I just feel like that's what makes it yours. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that's what gives it the honest, real you feeling. Right. So yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so why do you think people are afraid to be bold with color and to be bold in their spaces? Um, I'm going to say something. I'm going to like take the cat out of the bag, and I'm a, I'm a, I may be about to get pretty controversial here. Um, <laughs> do it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm sick of giving a, a, of an honest, like not an honest, but a, like a basic answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the truth of why I think people are afraid is because they don't know themselves enough yep. and they don't ask themselves the questions of what they love because they're so closed off from that, that they're afraid to stand out in a crowd. They're afraid to be different. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to a core value of like, I'm going to do something different than what I see other people are doing. And I'm uncomfortable doing that. But I think if you really know yourself and you know who you are and you know what you love, there's a fearlessness to your decisions. Mm -hmm. And I hate to be like that. And I hate to sound so deep about it, but I really believe that it's, that's a big, it's a big epidemic right now that neutrals, you know, sort of swept the nation and everyone got up on it. And I don't think for good reason, I think it just sort of whitewashed, everyone's style and took the soul out of what was possible with things that actually had color in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a color person, as a, as like a, you know, things, take things as they are person, I, I guess I get sad when somebody wants just black and white and gray and neutral, because I feel like I love a white baseline. I love when things are in white, crispy goodness, but I do also love texture and I do also love color and, um, and I think that if you get honest with yourself about, you know, that exploration you took in Bangladesh and you came home with some textiles and you turn them into pillows and they're wild and crazy, or you get honest with yourself about, you know, your neighbor who paints really cool stuff and you've got some like over the top epic technicolor thing and you love it, you should love it. You should hang it in your house. You should make pillows out of it. That should be a part of your house. It shouldn't be, you know sitting in a cupboard or just something you gawk at because you're afraid to be different. Mm-hmm. That's so, so deep, but I, I think it's true. And we, and I think that's something that people are, you need to have that honest exploration with yourself and that conversation of 
why what what do I want my house to look like and, and who do I want to be or who am I really and and let I, that it, be that's your exactly guide exactly it it's exactly it and I know it sounds like I'm just saying it but I you know after being in design for so long I can say it honestly that I feel like I'm I'm a, I'm a psychologist with great spatial awareness you know <laughs> Yes, this does do. feel like a, no, not like a counseling session, but it's it's like we're uncovering the truths of, of society. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, we are. it's true. Yes. Um, and I think it is true. Um, thank you for saying that we need to know ourselves and figure out what it is that we want, because I don't think we do. We don't know ourselves. I, I, I'm, I'm risking, I risk a lot saying this, but I, I think it's important that somebody is honest because... I don't personally subscribe to a life in design behind closed doors uh, that reflects that of the values of someone else because I'm not someone else. I am mm-hmm. who I am. And I know myself. And, you know, I live a very chill, you know, solitary life by choice because it, it's what makes me happy. Right. And I think that I know what makes me happy and I know what I can handle and you know, I, I'm definitely not trying to keep up with anyone else. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to make myself feel whole. And I think if we all just got quiet to find out what made us feel whole, we might actually be living in tiny homes or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> who knows what we'd be doing. But right. it may not reflect, you know, the house that we have in suburbia that's, you know, monochromatic. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, and I, I hate to sound so um, dramatic, but sometimes I have these conversations with clients and, you know, you hear the wife who wants this, but the husband that wants that. And sometimes those two things are, con- they contrast and it, it makes you wonder, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I, I know I'm getting really deep here. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's great. And it's, it, it is important. I, I mean, everything, not everything about design and art is, is, uh, is all rainbows and sprinkles. You know, they can be, but it, it, it's also, there's another side of, of how you get to those rainbows and sprinkles. Um, so I think it's great and it's important. You know how we were talking about my ethos when mm-hmm. we started talking today was, I think that that's why I wanted to write an ethos. I don't think a lot of people, you know, public people or, or, you know, creative people feel the need to write an ethos because they believe that people just kind of get it. Yeah. But I wanted to write it because I wanted people to know that I don't assume that everyone just gets it. I assume that, you know, sometimes there's a perception that I am like a unicorn girl because I have pink hair or because I love color or because I have a whimsical nature mm-hmm. and all those things are true. But behind the whimsical nature and the colored hair and the color is a purpose and is a is a point of view and is a desire and it runs well deeper than all of those you know mm-hmm. surface things and i i want people to know that i'm out here every day and i'm doing my thing because i love it because it feels like my soul's calling because i really want people to have a beautiful life mm-hmm. i really believe we can have a beautiful life and I'm out there every day talking to people, knowing that when I ask the bigger questions and help them, I'm as a whole helping the collective be more peaceful in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the most important thing about design. You know, I come in the back door as a designer, but I walk out the front door as maybe a, an agent of change. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that you, you, you point to that in your art and in, in, in your design. It's, it's really beautiful. And if I, I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes so that people can read it because it's, um, it was really moving. People don't do that and, and we should, and we should have those conversations. So thank you. Cause it was, it was really beautiful. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I appreciate it so much. So, um, one of the things that I, I admire, I, I admire lots about your style, but one of the things that I, I love is that it doesn't follow conventional rules. How would you encourage people to break the rules or what are some of the things that they can easily give up right now? What what could they go home today and say, okay, I don't have to do this anymore? Give up anything that doesn't make you happy or draw joy, period. Oh, period. I need if, to stitch you, that if, on a sampler. <laughs> no, it's, that's it. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's simple. You look at something, it, it draws your energy up or draws your energy down. If anything draws your energy down, it sits on the side of the road, it gets donated, it goes to a friend. You sit in an empty space until you know what will draw your energy up, and that is all. Because, you know, we fill our lives with garbage, and mm-hmm. that garbage will, will suck our energy, and it will make us feel unhappy. And that each object around us either fills us up or takes things down to a really dull vibration. And 
I think if we're really honest with that piece of furniture that we keep running into every day we walk in the door or we're honest with that color in that room that just makes us feel so sad or the front door that's like falling off the hinge, you know, tend to it and focus on it and know that those things are important. And it's not something that is just relegated to a potential Sunday afternoon job. Like Mm -hmm. this is your life and it requires attention. And, um, I remember meeting someone who's now my friend, but she heard me do a talk at the One of a Kind show many years ago. And she said after she heard that sort of explanation, and this is before the Marie, what's her name, Marie Kondo? Or, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The magical art of tidying up. I know she definitely has a very similar philosophy. Um, and I love her for it because she's bringing it to the forefront, which is mm-hmm. so miraculous. But she, uh, this woman said to me, I went home that day and put a bunch of furniture on my sidewalk and I feel so much better. Wow. And, and she's like, I, you know, pulled something out of my garage that I love more. And, and she still says like, you know, just that one talk that you did really changed the way I looked at what I did in my home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just, it really just comes down to joy. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to, to, you know, it being who you are. Right. I think people are afraid of sitting in that empty room. Um, I had a conversation recently with with a good friend, and uh, she said that they just recently renovated their house. And I would say, you know, just take it slow. Like, you don't have to do it all at once. Like, just, you know, put get it to the point where it's working and, you know, live in it and see what that space says to you. See where the light is. See where all these things before you start decorating. And Preach. Yeah. Preach. And, she, and she came back and she's like, wow, you know, my what she just wanted to do was shove everything all in there and go to the tile store, tile it all up. And I said, but you can't, you've got to wait. Like there's renovating is stressful. You've got to get through all of that and clear that away before you can look at a space and go, okay, what, what would I love in here? Um, but I think people are afraid. They're afraid of having that empty space um, for, you know, so many reasons, but um, so yes, good. Please encourage people more to throw things out and have that that quietness of um, and just figuring out what it is that they want. Yeah, I think the um, white space does give us a room room in our own brains to look at something differently. Mm-hmm. You know, because so many people just put furniture in the same place every time, and so often I think that's what I end up doing when I'm space planning is like, how can I rearrange this room? Mm-hmm. Because um, so often you know the space planning of a room is 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 the way that we live and it's so important and people just assume that, you know, the sofa has to go here, the bed has to go here. Right. And that's not always the way. And that's, again, that's a, a big part of breaking rules and, you know, trying to help people see things differently and then in turn live differently. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, going slowly, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what, uh, movie always comes to mind when I think going slowly is, um, under the Tuscan sun when she buys this mm-hmm. big old villa and she has to go slowly and she, you know, she doesn't really have anything, but the house sort of reveals itself to her as she's renovating it room yes. by room. And, and I really can get behind that. I can get behind the fact that, you know, we go room by room, we let the space reveal itself. And, and I think that that's part of getting quiet and knowing yourself is knowing how to be in silence and quiet in white space and letting things reveal itself, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. That's awesome. So shifting gears to this deep, <laughs> these deep conversations, let's talk about pink. Um, I know it's yes. your, your favorite color um, and you wear it so well. Like, you know, some people, you, but you wear it, you wear it so well. Um, so can you share some tips on using pink so that it feels happy and joyous and not like you've walked inside a big um, hubba bubba bubble or something? I think the pink, um, you know, the, the, the graceful, amazing, wonderful thing about pink is Pink is really effectively the first color that we see when we're in the womb or when we're, you know, being breastfed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pink is our first point of contact and color. And so everyone feels good when they see it. I think it's about finding your shade and finding your tone. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many different versions of pink. And I think depending on, you know, your skin or your hair or your style, you know, that's that's where things can go from Pepto to pretty. Mm-hmm. And um, in my case, you know, I, I really, really love like a mauvey, dusty, um, pale, pale pink. And I also love that, you know, juxtaposed with a neon pink. So I find that those two pinks make me the happiest. And I think that they reflect my style the best. And I kind of incorporate them in everything that I do. But um, 
again, this comes down to exploration. You know, some people just deny the fact that they like paint because they cohabitate with someone that doesn't, or Mm -hmm. they um, don't want to appear too girly or too childish. Um, But in my case, I think if pink is super styled with other colors, it kind of gives it new life. It butches it up. It makes it feel like it has a story. So pink in conjunction with other colors, you know, putting pink in a color story Mm -hmm. is, is always a great solution. Uh, for it to not feel so Barbie dream house. (laughs) And, um, and I also think wearing it, you know, again, it's the pieces that you choose and the shade that you choose it in. Mm -hmm. If it's, if it is bubble gum, it will look bubble gum, but some people look awesome in bubble gum. Some people don't. And I think it's, again, it's really doing a deep dive on who you are and knowing your colors and experimenting to learn. You, You never know, you don't always get the perfect thing out of the gate. I mean, I've been playing with my own um, aesthetic and my own use of color for a long time. So I'm very comfortable with color, but because of my comfort, I can mix and match very, you know, easily. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the bottom line is, you know, find your tones and your shades, you know, pull out the fan deck, get a Pantone book out Mm -hmm. and just sort of take a look and and then discover the colors that really, you, you know, sing to you and, that you really feel represent who you are. I don't know if this is a good enough answer, but no, it's, I what you find great is, advice. yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it comes down to, in my case, it's not even. I think mixing. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be the perfect shade of pink. It just needs to be, you know, variations of. And you know, at my house, I have some pops of, of turquoise and yellow and orange and purple in select places to break it up. Right. Um, so I think that that's the other part of it is just giving it a buddy, giving mm-hmm. it a buddy to butch it up. It's it's just like the, you know, that perfect lipstick color that we're all on the hunt for all the time. <laughs> yes, I do. That's, I haven't found it yet. <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty much it with pink. I think we're, mm-hmm. you know, I, I myself have never found the perfect, I like wearing this like dusty movie, pinky, nudie color, and mm-hmm. I can never find it. So I mix it. And I, I think that is very true for home decor. Mm-hmm. You can't always find the perfect thing. You have to mix it with other things. Everything... Everything is requires mixing, mm-hmm. mix master, you know, mix like master it. your life. Yes. Yep. And if you walked into a store and found that thing that was just perfect, um, that means everyone else could walk into that same store and find that thing that's just perfect. So I would rather mix it, make it, find it. I don't know. And then, and then you're yeah. the only one that yeah, has that's it. What I tell people all the time, you know, I think when you really do something custom or you mm-hmm. mix something your own way, there's no fear of, of replication. And I think so often, you know, there is a resurgence now. I can safely say, I believe in deep in my heart that there is a resurgence of people that really, really want something that feels like them and who they are. You yes. know, people want their homes to have more custom installations and things that really feel like it's not, it couldn't ever be mistaken for something else. And, I don't know if you read Architectural Digest, but, you know, lately I just find the homes that they're showing, not all, but a good portion of them, you know, people are really thinking outside the box and it's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. So um, talking about custom, uh, you are a designer on HGTV's Home to Win and talk about winning a custom home. How many designers are on there now? I think there's eight designers. There's con- designers, and contractors, contractors so, yeah. a, a lawn guy, eight contractors, and then there's a lawn guy and there's a deck guy. So there's 18 of us. So there's 18 professionals um, on the show. Yep. If you haven't seen the show, uh, this this group of professionals come in and they you guys work together and, and in, in different spaces um, and design a, a beautiful house and contestants can win. Um this this house so what is it like working on this show three or four years ago you know you get the call we're doing a yeah. show called home to win and then you know none of us we all said yes of course because it was almost like an expectation of the network mm-hmm. they you know you get on the show based on the fact that you've had a show on hgtv and my show that ran for a few seasons was buy it fix it sell it um and so buy it fix it sell it was not going into third season and i was um you know, delighted to get a call to be on another show, which is lovely. And we get there and it's basically like HGTV summer camp. You know, <laughs> you're you're in the middle of, of nowhere on a property that needs all the love in the world. And, you know, you're mixed with all the people that you roll with, um, you know, socially from the network. But now you're actually 
you know, you're working with them. So you're on camera and you're doing your craft with these people. Um, and it's fun because, you know, everyone's on their best behavior first season. Mm-hmm. And then we all get to know each other. And then second season, it's, um, you know, we're all warming up and having fun. And now third season is literally a hilarious free-for-all um, because now we've all, we've all um, each, each season we get to go with a different combination of designer contractor and mm-hmm. different scenarios to so different rooms. You really get to work with people that you've, you know, you've, you've loved or that you've wanted to work with on projects. And it's just, it really is a blast. You know, the, this is not a show where the stakes are high and there's a mega budget and there's a time frame. Mm -hmm. This is a show that's really about um, making something beautiful and a show that's about giving somebody a second chance. Um, But this season, it's about the first time home buyer. So we're not giving someone a second chance. We're giving someone a first chance this year. And um, it's about showing people that, you know, you can have your first home, which is what we're giving away this year, be a spectacular, wonderful experience. So, um, yeah, so that's what this season's about. We just ra- I just wrapped the last episode a couple weeks ago, and I uh, was on that final episode. Uh, second year now, I've wrapped up the house with my peoples, and it's um, so fun. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really emotional. When you see the house finally finished, you see it in the beginning, and it's, you know, dilapidated and then you see it at the end and it's like a show piece it's really it's really quite one it's wonderful it it looks like it's a fun show to be on uh, i don't know if i'd like to be a contestant on it but i would it looks like it's a fun show to to work on um so was there is there challenges working with other designers or working in the same house as other designers is do you ever find it difficult working with other designers yeah, i think you know first season it was definitely more of a challenge than it is now because all of us have you know when you're when you're on tv as a designer you have a point of view Mm-hmm. and everyone's style and point of view is very different. And we're building a house together. So it's hard because you want your point of view to be shown, but at the same time, every room needs to sort of correlate with the other. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think first season we definitely, you know, we created a beautiful home, but there was a little bit more challenge to our personal styles being merged. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're, you know, the challenges are less because we know each other and we know, that we just want the home to look great as a whole and right. we're willing to concede in certain places because we know it would be better for the overall vision of the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's getting to know each other and, and learning that those concessions are important. Um, in my case though, you know, I, I think I, I have a different, um, I get a different treatment there because my style is so specific that I can't, I can't, uh, how do I say this? Like I can't concede too much because I, I do also know that, you know, I need to give the peoples what the peoples want. Right. And I can't, you know, make my style so um, basic or so simple mm-hmm. that people aren't getting a Tiffany Pratt room. Right. So um, that's been my push pull with it is, is having it roll with the house and everyone else's design while still being a real reflection of, of my aesthetic mm-hmm. and my philosophy. So, yeah. That's good. I love the little behind the scenes kind of um, peaks, you know, to see, to see what happens back there. So that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, with the contractors, though, no drama. I've only been I mean, I've been paired with the best and and truly like the guys. I'm like one of the guys like of the of the cast. I know I'm a girl, but I am mm-hmm. one of the guys and I'm I'm with the I'm usually hanging out with the boys because I'm one of the only girls in the show that actually does demo. Mm-hmm. So I think that they love that I get my hands dirty and I'm right there with them, like tearing stuff apart yeah. and you know getting behind the wall. So I do have some street credit with the boys, um, <laughs> you know, jumping up on the roof and tearing the roof apart mm-hmm. and doing all the things. So yeah, I you know I definitely roll with the homies and uh, it's good. <laughs> it's really fun. Good. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to to seeing the the episodes in the season and the uh, how it all plays out. So um, it looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, so what is next for you? What are you working on? You know, uh, that question always gets me down. I don't know why it does it gets me down. Oh. I feel like, um, you know, why I have to, you know, I let you ask it, no problem. But I think what's next is is um, is sort of an evolution of you know sort of what we talked about here mm-hmm. is people looking at design a little bit differently. I think that's my my mission in any project I take on moving forward is just getting people to look at any one thing I'm working on a little bit differently. So have it be a brand partnership or a space or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, I'm definitely interested in in putting my my point of view on things and getting people to be inspired by 
looking at life, you know, on a different tilt. And so, um, you know, there's always lots of stuff in my mind on the hop. I have my color collection happening with Krylon this year and we're doing seasonal collections. So I'm designing uh, color collections for them all year, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll be working, launching a new sewing machine out of Switzerland um, this summer. Wow. And it's, um, it's a sewing machine that's built for makers and crafters like myself that want to sew through anything. So I'll be launching that and, uh, you know, That's I can awesome. go on and on, but some mm-hmm. some things, those are the two big things. There's a lot of little things in between that I'm working on currently. And um, I'm like, it's right down to a, a chocolate partnership. There's a really, there's an artisanal chocolate shop here in Toronto. And they've asked me to um, design my own chocolate bars. Uh, awesome. So I That's... get to go in there and do that. So I, I get, like, I could, I'm not going to bend your ear with all the different things I'm doing, but um, that sort of just gives you a taste of mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit of everything, and I wear a lot of hats, and um, and I, I think I'm most comfortable being able to float from different thing to different thing, and and I'm always so humbled by the people that come my way and ask me to participate in their life or their brand and mm-hmm. and create with them. So um, just more of that, more of that, and who knows if there's more shows and more books. I'm sure it all will unfold as it should, but. Mm-hmm. Currently, I'm just uh, I'm just grateful to do what I do every day. That's awesome. And if there is anyone who is going to start a revolution on how we look at design, it it's it it'll be you, and it should be you. <laughs> oh, so um, that is really that's really so generous. Thank you for saying that because um, yeah, it's it was never like a conscious thing. I think it was always unconscious. And then when your um, work becomes very public, you know you. This is this is what I've been saying a lot, and I always tell people that style is the perfection of a point of view. It's a quote. And when you've perfected your point of view, your style is known. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really important that I've perfected the, um, you know, the, the revolutionary side, the heart side, the miracle side, the magic side of design. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And um, that is... That is the perfect quote for you. Um, I think that so nicely sums up your your aesthetic and your philosophy. Thank you. Thank you so much for for chatting with me today, Tiffany. It was really it was really enlightening and inspiring and and everything I really hoped it would be and more. Um, and it was great chatting with you. So thank you so much. You know, you're a love for even reaching out and wanting to talk. I you know I look at life as a reciprocal dance and I could never share and I could never have this opportunity if you didn't have a podcast and you didn't ask. So um, I give you all the love back for doing what you're doing and putting yourself out there and creating a platform for people to engage with people like myself and and being so um, in love with design that this is an important thing for you. So I give you the love back. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because it's really cool what you what you're doing. It's great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our guest today. Please visit our website, thehuntedandgathered.com, for more information on today's episode, show notes, and links. I'd love to hear your comments, questions, and suggestions for upcoming shows. And remember, it's not about having the best. A home should be a place that makes you feel your best.